Today's episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, it's nice to have them answered by a real person. You know, someone who can actually understand your issues and work to resolve them. In other words, what you don't need is a robot. And that's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. No wonder we call it live customer service. Discover, exceptionally common sense. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, where are you, college basketball? <laughs> Why can't I find you? Why have you gone away? Why? Uh, why? That, that's the if, only word we have is why. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, uh, you know the 2022 NCAA tournament has officially been canceled. Abandoned all... No, I'm kidding. It hasn't, but I, I'm, I'm practicing saying those words, Tate, so that way when, mm. when the news... That's not going to happen, right? We're not... Ha- we, we can't. We can't. It can't happen. It can't. It can't. It, it can't happen. I mean, Andy Katz, he did the research. He reached out to all the conferences, and he said, it will not happen. We will have a season. So we're going to be optimists on this program, yep. but like you said, we have a lot of questions. We have a lot and a lot, lot of questions. We are going to be optimistic right right up to the gates of hell and maybe even through the gates of hell because that's what we do on the show. Uh, I, I, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a dire situation going on in college basketball right now. Every game seems to be getting canceled, except the SEC. We should say, tip of the cap to the SEC. Um, I don't know what how they figured it out in ways that other conferences hasn't haven't, but uh, they're playing basketball. They got underway last night. There are a couple good SEC games we could talk about. Um, yeah, Seton Hall Providence happened. Seton Hall was was shorthanded, but they played the game anyway. And then Kevin Willard, uh, you know, made excuses without making excuses, which was a brilliant. Yeah, he's I like, I'm not that. making any excuses, but you know, we are shorthanded. <laughs> yeah, but also, uh, Memphis is officially dead. There's that. That yes, happened. Again. So we can- <laughs> Yet again, Memphis has died five <laughs> times this year. And, uh, <laughs> they're so, like a cat, dude. They're a tiger. They, they got nine lives. We're on life five right now. There is stuff to talk about, and we will we will do our best to be optimists. Uh, come with us on the final show of 2021, Tate. Maybe, maybe, mm. we, uh, maybe we put a little spin on it that way. We talk about uh, – I hope not. I hope we don't do that. But we, <laughs> we might. <laughs> we might. Uh, final show of 2021 coming up at first. Woody Durham. Hey, All right, where do we start, Tate? Uh, do we do we do a big picture? Um, optimistic? I'm, I'm, can I do an optimistic monologue real quick? Uh, because yeah, all these please. games are getting canceled, and every time I check uh, my schedule, as we know, this time of year is always confusing anyway because it's between the, that week between Christmas and New Year's. No one has any idea what day of the week it is. There's football games mm. kicking off at like 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, it's it's a it's, usually typically yeah. now now there is riots about uh, who is going to win the forfeited bowl game that that's right, like the, right, the right. number one talk that we have right now. Um, so it's it's always a very confusing time anyway. So I I I have no idea what's going on, and I always have to like just pull up my app and I see what games we have today and and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. And uh, boy, a lot of postpones and cancellations that are popping up. All that I I do like that. I use that that Score mobile app, um, and they. 
they 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 still just list the postponed and canceled games. So like it, it if if I don't pay too much attention, I'm like I I I scroll by it. I you see get a excited. Game and I'm like You're oh like- oh that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just postponed, canceled, postponed. But anyway, one one uh, way that is useful that you still list the postponed games is you see exactly how many of these games are being postponed, which I guess is like it's it's useful in like having an understanding of what we're up against. It's not useful in uh, helping me stay optimistic, but I'm going to try to put an optimistic spin on it. And then we're going to talk mm. about those SEC games because uh, for the for the 7,000th time, we, uh, we've promised not to talk about COVID on the show. So we're going we're gonna to not. Yeah, we're going to avoid it as best we can. Yeah. Just uh, don't say here, it. Here's my optimistic spin. Um, I think that, uh, uh, first of all, Andy Katz, our, our good friend Andy Katz, uh, the, the, the bestest friend of the program that we have, um, has, has, has been doing the journalism work, has been putting boots on the ground and, and, and phone calls and all that kind of stuff, and exploring the idea of, of the worst case scenario, Tate, of like, what it, are, are we sure there's going to be an NCAA tournament? And mm. as it turns out, we are 100% sure, because what we learned last year uh, is that we, we can pull off an NCAA tournament under unusual circumstances, but uh, we didn't even have vaccines last year. There were no vaccines. Yeah. And Say still, it louder. You know yeah, what I mean? And we, we still we played the NCAA did this. tournament. Yeah. So they're going to play the NCAA tournament. We know that. Um, also, the the conferences that were forfeiting games to start, and the uh, I, I feel like the last show, or a couple shows ago, we were talking, when the COVID uh, was COVID really sinking its teeth into college basketball again, we had the discussion about how much of a Mickey Mouse season this is going to be because conferences were, were forcing teams to forfeit and all that. that they're walking that back. The forfeits are being undone. Um, so there's, 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 uh, there, there seems to be a sense of like, this is We're, we're going to figure this out. Um, so I guess that, that would be the optimistic approach. So then if you're, if you're trying to figure out what's going on here, you would then pivot to like the present and you'd say, okay, all that's great. But why is that when I pull up my score mobile app, 75% of the games every day are postponed. So here's my optimistic spin on this date. Uh, it's finals week for the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's a really long finals. finals. Yeah. These poor these, kids. These poor kids are taking finals. A lot of these games that are getting canceled are non-conference games anyway. And I know that's not true for some of them. Because like we were, we were looking forward to Arizona's trip to LA where they were playing UCLA and USC. That was going to be awesome mm. to, to see uh, Arizona's, you know, the, the top of the Pac-12 figure itself out right out of the gate. That's not happening. So there are big games that are getting canceled. But like for the most part, uh, some of these games that are getting canceled are like the the the, the throwaway non-conference like games that were scheduled right around Christmas time anyway. So uh, there, there's a sense that like maybe if you have some some of these power conference teams have nothing to lose or, or nothing to win. I mean, I'm sorry, they have everything to lose. So it's like if I have a couple of my players out, why would I continue to play Nichols or why would I play I don't know insert High a, Point or whatever it is? Yeah, or, yeah, insert yeah. like a low major school here. Um, if some of my guys are out, so maybe there's that Tate. Um, what else? What, how else can we spend this as an optimistic thing? Um, I, I think there's this as well. I've noticed a lot of these bowl games are getting canceled and you know, what's funny is like part of me is waiting for the announcement that the Ohio state, Utah, the Rose bowl is canceled. Cause I, I just feel like that's, you know, I, I'm, I'm just pessimistic about it. And I'm like, you know, it, it just seems like that's where we're headed with this, uh, based on absolutely nothing. This is not me reporting inside information. It's just like, mm. So it's, like, it's like I'm looking forward to the game, so I just know that I'm going to wake up on New Year's Day and, and check Twitter and just be disappointed. Um, but what's funny, Tate, is I have zero doubt in my mind, none whatsoever, that these, the college football semifinal games will be played. 
Absolutely. The college, the college football national championship. And I <laughs> there find is that zero interesting. doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I find that interesting. So what I'm saying is the Omicron variant seems to have some sort of selective yes. way in which it sinks its teeth into these programs. It's the, the bowl games that don't seem to matter quite as much that are getting canceled. It's the, the games that don't seem to matter quite as much in college basketball that are getting canceled. And my point is by the time March gets here, uh, maybe that Omicron variant will have the Omicron seems to respect uh, big time Top college teams. sports. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you judge yourself. Uh, it's like, how much respect does the variant have for you? And my biggest fear, you know, we we're talking about these bowl games. I don't know if you saw this, but NC State was supposed to play in the holiday I did. bowl. I did. Um, and, uh, you know, about three hours before kickoff, UCLA alerted. Uh, and there's been a lot of conspiracy conversations around this. Like, how much did UCLA know? You know, NC State was threatening to sue UCLA, threatening to sue the holiday bowl. And then the holiday bowl was so scared that they were going to sue them. They just gave them the trophy um, and said, <laughs> you guys, here's your Very- merch. Here's your... <laughs> That's a very ACC move, by the way. Florida State, never forget, won the 2020 ACC tournament after just going through the layup line no, in game one. Well, <laughs> I, I, think, I think this. I think NC State won the ACC tournament last year because they they won the College World Series. You know what I mean? COVID got them out of That's that. True. I think they won the That's ACC true. tournament in basketball. And I think, you know, again, they won the Holiday Bowl. They had a 10-win season. Um, but State fans, to me, this, like, yeah, the COVID, COVID champs. champs. <laughs> NC State, hang the banner. COVID champs. NC State is kind of like the the face of like uh, you know what what can go wrong in these situations, but it's also hilarious because it's a, over the holiday bowl. Like the reaction to it, you would have thought Titus that it was you know the CFP or like the Orange right. Bowl or like the Rose Bowl, like you're talking about. But we're talking about the holiday bowl that was going to be played in San Diego. And my biggest fear about this is that UCLA is going to be the face of like we hate them because they, they want to get out of game. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the football team, well, like they're, they're taking on the brunt of like the, the Americana hate of Los Angeles, as we've talked about ad nauseum on right. the show, you know, but like UCLA is now becoming like LA, like everyone, like NC state fans, are like classic California, they don't yeah, play the game. Yeah. And then the Arizona basketball fans, the same thing was happening. They're like, UCLA scared of us. They don't want us to yeah. come, you know, beat them in their house, you know? So uh, when we started this season, I was telling you, I was like, Johnny Juzang is going to be beloved by America. Uh-huh. UCLA is going to be America's team. And my biggest fear now is that Omicron is now turning UCLA and LA in general into hey. the enemy. And, and that is the only fear that I have right now. They did their best. I mean, like UCLA put forth a valiant effort, but uh, in the end, I guess it was short-sighted of us to expect the team from LA to be America's team. I don't think that was <laughs> yeah. well. <laughs> we 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 overshot, yeah. <laughs> uh, so quickly, one more one more point on that because you, you you mentioned it about UCLA, uh, the, the football situation with the Holiday Bowl that you, you introduced. Oof. You invoked the idea that maybe there was some dodging going on. Maybe uh, there yeah. was some some less than and. and I, I have to say that, like, and and just talking to you about even the football side of it, that that of course the college football playoff is going to be played. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I try not to be a cynic with this stuff <laughs> as best I can, Dave. But mm. boy, it's 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 becoming harder and harder to not make the case that like teams are using COVID as an excuse to not play games. Like it, mm. this is happening at the basketball level as well. But the problem is. Who, call him out. Have, call out, Coach yeah, K. Who's gonna, who's call, gonna have call. the balls to stand up and be like, "I don't believe you." Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I believe that like these guys are te- like these teams are testing positive and that they have cases and that they might even mm-hmm. have symptomatic cases and and players are sick and 
et cetera, et cetera. I, I'm not saying that like it's a fully healthy team. I'm not saying that, like Memphis was fully healthy going into the Tennessee game and looked mm. around like they, they took a vote as a team and like, are, are we scared <laughs> to play them? And everyone was like, yes, we're very scared. And then so Penny said, well, we'll just say we have COVID and we'll just get out of it. I don't that's think what NC State fans believe that UCLA, UCLA did. did. They, they, yeah, they, yeah. they said they are reporting that UCLA had a team vote. Do we want to play in this game or not? And the team voted no, which all the UCLA players <laughs> and coaches have said that is absolutely that's not, not true. true. But, but I like I the do, idea of the story. I do think that there's something there, there's like this. If you think this isn't going on, you have to be crazy that like there are teams that have like their best players, two or three of their best players test positive. Yeah. And then they look at like who they have left on the team. They look at the whole situation. They weigh like, okay, if we lose this game, what does this do to our NCAA tournament resume? How will this affect us? And that like they, they do that calculus and then they decide <laughs> to make the call then, right? Like that that is definitely happening. Yeah. And it's of and it's course. obvious that it's happening because again, it's not gonna happen to the college football playoff that like if Georgia has half their team missing, they're not gonna be like, Yeah, we can't play. They're gonna be like, We're we're, we're still gonna play because we wanna try to win a national championship. And I, I don't know. I don't know how to get around that as, as a guy who has to talk about this stuff because um, and talk about these games. And, and I because because, again, like it, it, I, I certainly don't have the balls to be the one to stand up and, and call out. We don't want to call out the Dodgers, yeah. but we will point out, you know, some look, if you keep testing your team. Like if you just keep testing, it it looks like you probably want to find something. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like, yeah. like Mac Brown in North Carolina, they're playing uh, in the Duke's Mayo Bowl at eleven thirty right now, and he said three days ago he was like, "We're done testing." You know, like <laughs> we, we, we are we are ready to play. You know what I mean? So like teams that want to play, like John Calipari. John Calipari is like, we are the pinnacle of COVID protocols. Our whole team is vaccinated. Our whole team is boosted, and we're not testing guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like unless they have symptoms, that's the only way we're going to give them a test. And that's the way that they're going to move forward and kind of plow through the rest of the season. And I think that's because Kentucky wants to plow through the season. They want to play. You know what I mean? They're they, they, well, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Kentucky said, this was last year. John Calipari would be like, test, more tests. John Calipari's running a CVS and cleaning out the at-home test. Mako like, Medical please. sending more tests. He's like, yeah. more. <laughs> He's tested for every disease. He's doing... <laughs> We, we we think uh, our starting center has polio. He's doing, actually, yeah, he's doing polio tests. There they go. Um, that's a good segue because uh, we should we should talk about the SEC games because uh, if if there is mm. one conference that is probably not going to test and is probably going to plug plow through and, and get through <laughs> the season, and depending on your thoughts on all this stuff, that is uh, a a very huge concern towards <laughs> society. That or it's like good, good for them. And uh, as I said before. I'm too stupid and too exhausted to give a damn either way. So uh, yeah, we're we're not here to argue on either side. We're here to point out both sides and laugh. You know what I mean? That that's the whole point of our show. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) so with with that being said, I'm just going to watch the games that are played and talk about them. And there were two great SEC. There were there were four SEC games last night. Right? Like Mississippi State beats uh, Arkansas. I'm, I'm officially giving up on Arkansas. By the way, this year. I'm, I'm I'm done with Arkansas. You're off the must bus. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to be like you know. I'm not like mad about it. I'm not. I'm not. You know, it's just a matter of fact. So I'm I'm just done with Arkansas. That's all. It's okay. And there's I think there's just too many good SEC teams in front of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any other year, they're they're good enough to probably be in the top five, top six of the SEC. But I don't know about this year. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. No, it's not. It's not. It it happens. Mm. It's fine. It's a COVID year. It's just called a Mickey. If you're an Arkansas fan, just say Mickey Mouse year. Move on. We'll meet you next year. That's all you got to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm 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 not believing Arkansas. Uh, Kentucky Kentucky handled uh, Missouri. Shoeboy had a um, had another monster night. 
rebounding. Do you think, real, real quickly before we talk about the two games that we want to talk about in the SEC, let's, uh, can I ask you this about Oscar Shubway? Because I saw, I think it was Jimmy Dykes during the um, Tennessee-Alabama game. I want to say it was him. It's always Jimmy Dykes. I don't know how Jimmy yeah, Dykes is every single SEC game, but he's figured out I, a way to. He does, he's he did at all four every of them game. Last night. Yeah. He did all four he did. of them last night. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. Um, but I think I think it was Jimmy Dykes was saying his SEC player of the year right now, which is absolutely hysterical, by the way, that it was literally opening night for SEC basketball. And he's already given out his SEC player of the year. Um, he, I, I think it was him that said he would vote Oscar Shubway to be SEC player of the year right now. And it's, it's not like outlandish given that, you know, he, he grabs every single rebound and Kentucky's playing well. And if you start making the case of like, if, if we look up in March and Kentucky's one of the, the, the top two, probably is what they're going to be, maybe top three, but like Kentucky's going to be right there at the top of the SEC. Um, you could you could just make the case for Shubay just based on like best player best team type situation. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's outlandish, but at the same time, I know that the case for him is basically that he's just like averaging almost twenty rebounds a game. And so my my question to you, Tate, is like if I told you that Oscar Shubay, I don't even know what he's what he's. Let me pull up the stats. So I'm not speaking from hypothetical here. I'm speaking from uh, an actual place of fact, facts only on this program. Okay, so <laughs> Shubay's averaging fifteen point eight boards a game. Right, and he's, and he's, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, 15.8 points and 15.8 boards. So he's averaging 16 and 16. Wow. Um, but l- l- let's say like SEC play starts happening, and he's not, he's not scoring that much. He just continues to rebound at an, at an insane rate. Do you think Oscar Shubway is going to win SEC Player of the Year over the likes of like Jabari Smith, Walker mm. Kessler's blocking every single shot? Um, I don't know Kennedy Chandler, John Fulker, like name a guy on Tennessee that 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 carries Tennessee. Uh, maybe one of the Alabama guys. I we're going to talk about Alabama in a second, but uh, just the idea of Oscar Shubay winning SEC Player of the Year, being named an All American because he averages almost twenty rebounds a game. If I say that out loud, what is your immediate thought? One, I think it's good for basketball because I think it shows that we have like a, a respect for the game at some level where you're like. I have to energy and effort, you know, we have to give respect for, especially this guy is dominating on the board. So it's like historical of what he's doing. But I think when we get down to, um, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts of the conversation, it's going to come back to the flash and guys like Jabari Smith are going to be hard to ignore. And I wouldn't be shocked by the time we get to February, you know, we get Mike Schmitz on an Auburn game and he's telling you that Jabari Smith is a dark horse for the number one pick. You know what I mean? Like this is how, this is how much I I kind of, um, I I see the potential, you know, potential is a tough word, but I, I see Jabari Smith and you can, I mean, it's hard to knock his game at any level. Guy's six ten. Guy can play He's the three. Guy can play the four. I mean, he he obviously carries himself away like almost like a professional at this point. And I just think if he continues to play at this level, then it's going to be really hard to ignore him when you get down to SEC Player of the Year. I think Shebway is going to be, you know, obviously in the conversation the entire year. But I mean, Auburn is a fascinating team. You mentioned Walker Kessler. This guy has a triple double with blocks. I mean, that, that's one of my favorite Same. Hassan Whiteside quotes of all time. He was like, who's getting triple doubles with blocks? I mean, not many people in this life are doing that. And Walker Kessler has 11 last night. Um, originally they had him for nine rebounds, but after the game, Bruce Pearl was like, throw another one in there. So we get another triple double. <laughs> and, uh, just, no, they did. I'm the this, statistician, yeah. The stat guy literally put out an update. It was like Walker Kessler had ten rebounds. Our bad. Um, so he gets the triple double. Um, like I said, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Hey, can I just stop you there because like you, you're you're saying it tongue in cheek, kind of, but also are we saying it tongue in cheek? Because 
if you think about it, what is who's stopping Auburn or Brute? Like, I don't know. Yeah, there's no breaking my brain, but it's like, yeah. Why why wouldn't more coaches do this? Why why don't more teams do this? Why don't more teams just like cheat the stats? I don't understand well, why why you, not. You you know how this works. I mean, there there was a lot of conversation about John Stockton, right? His assist record in the NBA. A lot of people said that the Utah Jazz, like the way that they they counted up his assists, like they would give him a hockey assist hockey and he would assist, still get the assist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and that's why he has this record that no one's even come close to. Like Jason Kidd finished his career playing, you know, fifteen some years and was like still well, you know, away from that record that John Stockton said. So the home statistician always has a little bit of leeway. And and that's what we saw a little bit of home cooking there. But I mean, Walker Kessler is the best rim protector in college basketball. And he's like exactly what you want to see if you're an Auburn fan. And when you look at this Auburn team, I mean, they're number 11 in the country. They made a real big statement last night. I mean, they come out of the gate in that game. They're blowing out LSU. I mean, from the jump. Out of the 18 to 1 start, I think. Yeah. yeah. And the only reason that LSU made it even respectable is they hit two threes to make it like 21 to 10 or something, you know, kind of like to fudge it as if it's a closer game. But it really wasn't. And Auburn is one of the scariest teams in all of college basketball. They, ha- they have the talent, of course. And Bruce Pearl, I mean, for as much as we joke about, you know, him being a horrible guy. He still knows how to coach at some level. You know of what I course, mean? Of course, of course. You know, like I mean, that's never been are, the joke. That's, that's never, never been, it's been the same joke. With, same with Patino. It's never. I've never once tried to argue that Bruce Pearl's not a, a great basketball coach. Of course, exactly. So when I look that, at this Auburn that, team, I mean, they're a scary combination of man. Who wants to see them in the NCAA tournament? Absolutely nobody. And I think they're going to keep climbing the ranks and. You know, if you had to if you put a gun in my head today and said, who's going to win the SEC? I would say Auburn. I mean, I, yeah. I really would. I, I really mean, that, would. That, after that, that is kind of the, night. I guess that's the big picture discussion we, we can have is uh, I, 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 I threw out the idea of the SEC player there because I think that's going to be fascinating. It is going to be. Yeah, it, I think it's ultimately. And again, this is off after one night, literally one night of SEC play. Like we have a, there's a lot of basketball left to be played or is there with. <laughs> maybe this is it. Maybe this is only it. If it's um, if it ends today, who wins yeah. SEC Player of the Year? Um, but I I, I think the uh, the way it's trending is we're gonna see a lot of arguments between Jabari Smith and Oscar Shuway, which is gonna be fascinating because it's like it's it's gonna be like a cultural war type deal of yeah, um, which is funny because Kentucky for the longest time Tate has represented the like flashy NBA yes. prospect, the Jabari Smith yes. type guys. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now, now, like, now they're going blue collar. Now they're blue collar. <laughs> now they're like they're throwing out efficiency rankings and look what he's mm. look what Oscar's 28 rebounds or you know, whatever many rebounds he gets in a game. Look what this does for us. His presence on the inside. They're making that case. <laughs> and Auburn, Auburn is gonna be the are gonna be the fans that are just like doing what we did with Obi Top and National Player of the Year when he went between the legs, and we're just like yeah, all that's great, but like this dude went between the legs and like Jabari. Yeah, Smith, just watch like, this guy. Yeah, all that's great, but look what this guy just did and retweet, retweet, yeah. retweet on his highlights. Um, so that's gonna be fascinating. The the SEC Player of the Year, but uh, SEC the the SEC uh, championship, the, the SEC regular season title, uh, which which I said not to pat myself on the back too much, but um, at the same time, please pat me on the back. I thought <laughs> going into the season, the SEC it was going to be the best uh, uh, regular season race, which isn't to say that I think the SEC is the best conference Tate. Don't get me wrong mm. here. But what I'm saying is like, it, it's the most wide open. It's going to be the most interesting. It is the, the conference that like, in my mind, if, if I don't know what games to watch tonight, I would probably just throw in like an SEC game because they, they all feel like they can beat everybody. Um, anybody yeah. can beat anybody on any given night in that conference, except for Georgia, who's terrible. Um, 
Even Boy. Vanderbilt, by the way, we have to give a little bit of credit to Vanderbilt. Yeah. I mean, they're showing some life. I mean, Scotty yeah. Pippen Jr. They got a nice win over in Hawaii. They're not, so yeah, yeah, they're, they're yeah. Vanderbilt. I, I took a cheap shot at Vanderbilt when we were going over like the, the garbage teams. In that yeah, team. Stackhouse. Stackhouse reached out to me and said he was going to beat your ass like Christian Leitner. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> It was just distinctive. It was like so many years of Vanderbilt being the punching bag. That, like, it just kind of spilled out of the mouth. <laughs> You're like, oh, that feels familiar. Yeah. <laughs> feels, feels right. Missouri, Missouri is kind of Vanderbilt now. Missouri sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I think the SEC is going to be awesome. So I guess like the big discussion point we could have is who is the best team in the SEC. For you, it's Auburn. Mm. I'm inclined to agree. The one thing I, I, I want to – this is the Graham Couch and me coming out, Tate. I want to pump the brakes on is we got to see these teams on the road. You got to see mm. what these teams can do. It's very, very hard to win on the road in conference play. We know this. So Auburn beating LSU at home is great. Auburn looked great. I think Auburn is is in terms of like uh, the 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 roster makeup, the 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 um, the culture of the program, whatever it is, whatever case you're trying to make for why uh, Auburn would be the best team in the SEC. I'm nodding along. I just want to say that like Tennessee going on the road without their two best players and losing on Alabama, and LSU it's pretty going impressive. on. And LSU going on the road and losing to Auburn does it like I'm not selling LSU and, and Tennessee just because they they open the conference season on the road. You know what I mean? It's just a scheduling yeah. deal. And very easily if they if they play if Auburn plays at LSU, maybe Auburn loses. I don't know. But to your point, let's talk about Auburn. How good they are though, because um, Walker Kessler and 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 Jabari Smith are are just otherworldly. Both of these dudes, and I think like you look at you you look at how great those two dudes are, and you say to yourself. Um, all that Auburn really needs is is just like a serviceable backcourt. I think they have that, and then some. With, with Katie Johnson's been playing out of his mind. Uh, he he was he was awesome. What was the game that he? That I saw? was it UConn that he like went nuts. I think yeah, I think it that. was yeah. yeah I think yeah. that was the the UConn game. He was going nuts. Um, so I look at Auburn, and you're just like, first of all, like Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith are good enough to carry them. As they're good enough to win a national title just on how well those two guys are playing. But uh, guard play becomes so important in March. So you're just like, man, if they can just have any help at guard, they're going to be disgusting. And they do have help at guard. They're yeah. very good. They're a very good basketball team. So Auburn green Auburn, coming off the bench. I mean, yeah. they, they have players where you're like, okay, they're going to be fine once we get to March. And then they have a superstar. I mean, Jabari Smith is a superstar. superstar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. no doubt what, about it. I mean, you can't deny that you watch him play for five minutes. You're like, who's that guy? He's a freaking star. He He's going to be the number one pick. I think, I think so too. I think he's going to be the number one pick. I think Paolo, I mean, I, I, I was, I was hinting at it the last show we did where I said, like, I, I don't want to annoy Jabari too soon because then that means it's definitely not going to happen. And, um, we're going to be looking for ways to knock him down. As soon as you put him on the pedestal, you got to start figuring out ways to knock him Nitpicking. down. Nitpicking. Yeah. Um, dude, he's, he's, he, he brings it every night. And the way, like, the way Paolo played against, uh, Gonzaga is what, like, got everyone so excited about Paolo Bencaro. Paolo Bencaro. Paolo Bencaro. Paolo Bancaro. Paolo, Paolo. But but Jabari Smith, it feels like he does that every night. It feels like it feels like the game that Paolo had. Paolo, Paolo had against uh, <laughs> had against uh, uh, Gonzaga is what I see out of Jabari Smith. Like every single time I watch Auburn, and I'm like, I don't know how. I mean, it's not. He's, he's obviously not going to get hyped as much as Paolo because his his chest says Auburn instead of Duke. But um, dude, that guy is that guy's unbelievable. There's well, nothing you can't do. Yeah, and and then it's not like this is the first time that we've had, you know, Bruce Pearl have this supreme wing, you know what I mean? And, and Jabari right. plays the three and the four, but like Okoro goes, you know, and he probably would go top five now, and I think he went like seventh or something like that. Um, 
you know, Chuma, you know, goes like 15 to the magic, but he probably, you know, I think he's going to have a, a serviceable NBA career. So like Bruce Pearl, this is not the first, you know, rodeo, so to speak. We remember when he was at the draft for a Coro and he did the character counts thing. I mean, he's going to be all up in it with Jabari Smith this year. And if we have the draft and there's people there and all that stuff, I mean, Bruce Pearl is going to be the most forward facing John Calipari act we've ever seen. And it's it's deserved. I mean, Jabari Smith is that good. His dad played in the NBA. He seems like he gets it. I, don't, I mean, I know that's like a hard thing to to read between the lines, but you hear all the quotes, you see his interviews, you see, you know, the coaches talk about him and what he and how he works, how he prepares, how he treats every game. It's a very even killed approach. But he's also got, I mean, just natural, natural talent that is uh, it's hard to really see someone like that. And he's getting Kevin Durant comparisons um, already. No, 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 which no, is- no, no. Uh, I, I'm going to stop. Rostin said he's not Kevin Durant. <laughs> Rostin, I saw. <laughs> Rostin's tweet was Jabari Thank Smith. Thank you, John. <laughs> but then he was like, but he's got shades of Kevin. I'm going to find this. This cracked me up because he was like, he is not. He put in all caps. He is not Kevin Durant. However. Mm. Mm. He looks like Kevin Durant. <laughs> However, Kevin Durant is a name that I can throw out that will get everyone's attention. So yes. uh, let me see here. What do you say? I mean, during the game, they mentioned Kevin Durant like three times. And Jabari Smith basically said uh, they had like a quote for him. Those like, don't compare me to him. Here's, here's, here's Ross. This is, this is what he said uh, last night after all the way. He, he did his uh, Auburn basketball. Welcome to the jungle. His little cat <laughs> Auburn, which like. What? <laughs> come on. <laughs> he's got better ones. He needs, he needs yeah, like no. a, he needs a quality filter on his, uh, his cat. Yeah. But, uh, he needs to run it by somebody. I feel like he just comes up with it in the moment and then he never fall. He never wavers. You know what I mean? He's like, this is it. You know, I will not change his, this. We got to get his wife back on the show and yeah. have her tell us like what the process is. How, how is the sausage made with the uh, catchphrases? Um, but he, but he, so he quote tweets himself and he says, one, I don't see many holes with Auburn Two, Jabari Smith is not in all caps, not, Kevin Durant, Not. but he is the Kevin Durant of college basketball. <laughs> he is not Kevin Durant, but he is the Kevin Durant of college basketball. That's a, uh, that is, that is literally just talking yourself into circles. I don't even know. I don't even know what that <laughs> means. Um, Dude, I, I, I think that's the new, I mean, move aside KOC with his shades of comparisons, you know, like KOC, I'll drag KOC would say Jabari Smith has shades of Kevin Durant and shades of, you know, a, a insert, insert yeah. like Hall of First Ballot Hall of Famer here. Um, but maybe this is the new play. You say, you say Jabari Smith is not LeBron James. And then everyone's like, wait, are you saying he's LeBron James? I, I literally said he's not LeBron James. Yeah, but why would you invoke <laughs> LeBron's name? <laughs> <laughs> but you also can do this. But what if we do this from now on? We take all the the all stars this year from the West and the Eastern Conference, and we do the insert the John Moran of college basketball, the oh, Blake yeah, and Blake of college basketball, and we put yeah. that out, and we do it in jest, and everyone takes it seriously, and they're like, "Oh my god, this Hayden guy!" Ivey and then we're like, "The John Moran of college basketball." There you go. <laughs> but don't, but don't come. But don't. The, but he's, he's not. not. He's not going to be the John Moran in the NBA, but just of college basketball. Well, I thought. I thought uh, Chet Holmgren was the Kevin Durant of college. Basketball. Ooh. I thought ooh. that was like the the. the that was the idea. That was Chet his was comparison like, because I, I think a lot skinny. of people expect he can't lift the bar or whatever. That's a lot of people, you know, they're like immediately lanky kid, Kevin Durant. Um, yeah. So that's a good argument. Who is really the Kevin Durant of college basketball? So if you're, I mean, like is Paolo the Kevin Durant of college? That, that's what, <laughs> would you rather be the number one pick in the NBA draft or be the Kevin Durant of college basketball? <laughs> Ooh. What's, what's a bigger, Ooh. what's a Which bigger one will last? <laughs> 
<laughs> Imagine getting a trophy, the Kevin Durant of college basketball. Yeah. Can we make that and send that, from, Jim? Help us from John. From John Rusty. It's <laughs> yeah, Rusty. We send it from us, but from John. <laughs> oh oh man. man! No, I'm with you though. Uh, Auburn is uh, Auburn is probably the the the, the for, for me. For me, it's like like if we're, if we're doing tiers, let's do tier talk because uh, Andy, we're not having Andy on the show over the holidays. Um, he's not here to, to give us the tiers, so we'll we'll fill in the blank for him. SEC tier talk. I think Kentucky, Tennessee, and Auburn are the three that stand out to me as as the 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 horses I'd bet on right now. Um, I would say that Tennessee's the best four loss team in college basketball by a mile. You know what I mean? Ooh. Ooh, by, by a, a mile. mile, best four loss team the, in college basketball. Who are the candidates? Let's see who the candidates are. <laughs> yeah. who are they it just here? sounds really good. You know what I mean? Because you're a Tennessee fan, you're like, you're right. We are the best four loss team. Oh no, they're better than Villanova. Michigan, better than Michigan. Clemson. Wait. Better than Clemson. <laughs> Wait, Tennessee doesn't have four losses. They have three. <laughs> oh, I thought they have four losses. I thought they lost last night. Isn't that their fourth loss? No, they were nine and two. They 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 are, right. they, the, are they the best three loss? I still think they're the best three loss team. All or, right, I'll or say Illinois. This. I'll say this. They're the best three loss team. They're better than Illinois right now. Are they better I'll than Illinois? I'll say that. Yeah, I think Tennessee is a uh the thing that scares me about Tennessee is that offense can be so bad, man. And and last night, like I, I think you throw last night out. I think last night was kind of a win for Tennessee. I think most Tennessee fans kind of feel that way that uh the fact that, that you you Bama was probably the favorite to win the SEC at the start of the year. I don't I don't, I don't remember what the SEC preseason poll was, but um I would assume Bama was was yeah, you know I think so up there. If they weren't the favorite, they were probably the second favorite. Um and you're at Bama and and for thirty seven minutes it felt like Tennessee was was outplayed Bama. They sort of choked down the stretch. I mean, they, I don't know, Bama just kind of finally started hitting shots, which is uh, again, Alabama is the by far the number one make shots team in college. But they they were dreadful last night until Shackelford started hitting shots, and then they they stole the win. But um, Tennessee scares me just in like that the their their offense can fall apart and it can fall apart in catastrophic ways. But last night is not necessarily like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend too much time like overreacting to that final couple minutes of that game where like under normal yeah. circumstances I I that would stick with me and I'd be like. Holy shit! <laughs> what was that? Um, but you know they didn't have they didn't have Kenny Chandler or John Fulkerson, and and um, that's a that's a completely different. I mean, if they have those two guys, they they, they run Alabama out of the gym, don't they? That's, that's what like, it they, felt. They could, yeah, yeah. Their t- their their offense is so bad, and they got whatever shot they wanted against Alabama. I'm I'm re- I'm I'm actually worried about Alabama. I'm I'm legitimately worried about Alabama as a, as a basketball. Like they beat Gonzaga, and I think like ever since then it's been downhill. Everything I've seen out of Alabama is their their defense is atrocious. They're they're a team that hangs their hat on. Hitting threes and playing defense, their defense sucks. And last night they were like four for twenty something before they started making shots down the stretch. Um, I don't know. I trust Tennessee's defense. Uh, you know, over I mean, almost any team in the country right now. I mean, I think they do a an amazing job uh, locking down. I love Ziegler off the bench. I mean, he killed Carolina in in the game that they played. Obviously, it was a blowout, but. When Tennessee's fully on and they have like Chandler really rolling, I mean, he's one going to be one of the best guards when we get to the tournament. So, I mean, they're going to yeah. be a scary out um, for anybody. But like you said, I mean, we know Rick Barnes and and sometimes Rick Barnes can have the Kevin Durant of college basketball and lose to, you know, USC. Is, so, I mean, is John Fulkerson <laughs> the Kevin Durant of college? Yeah. <laughs> 
Let's just do Josiah that. Josiah Jordan James, the <laughs> Kevin Durant of college. You know, who's not the Kevin Durant of college basketball is Victor Bailey. What happened to that guy? I mean, he's, mm. I, I, never mind. I don't want to pile, I don't want to pile on guys, but like, I, I, I remember when he transferred to Tennessee, I was like, that's a pretty good get for Tennessee. And now every time he sees the floor, I'm like, what is this? What, guy what? what are we doing with this guy out there? Played 20 um, minutes in that game, also. Yeah, he's he's. I don't know what. Hey, he, he. I don't know. I don't want. Never mind. Who cares? I, I, <laughs> optimism only. Let's not. Let's not pile on kids too much. <laughs> we won't pile on kids. We won't pile on. But uh, yikes! At the same time. Quick break to get a word from our sponsors. All right, college basketball fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for college basketball? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. We love it. You, we know that you will. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from points scored to rebounds, even steals. Uh, you you could do mixed sports entries. We've talked about this a lot. This is a great time to get in on the mixed sports entries uh, uh, action with the, the the college basketball going on, the whatever games are going on. Um, NBA, college football, bowl season, NFL games are going on. Um, MLB when MLB comes back, MMA, soccer, more. It doesn't matter. Price picks year round. You can uh, you can take part in all these sports going on and uh, even do the mixed sports entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers and all of our listeners that deposit and use promo code TNT receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. It is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning PrizePix app on both the App Store and Google Play, and don't forget to use promo code TNT to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's promo code TNT for 100% instant deposit match Check out pricepix.com. Pricepix is daily fantasy made easy. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment you love without all that hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand features together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required content varies by day. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Back to Titus and Tate. What what else is Alabama? Are are you worried about Alabama in the way that I am? Because uh, I, like I said, I I think uh, I I think the idea of Alabama sounds fun. I think the idea of of the guards they have and um, you know they're bringing a dude in Davison off the bench. That's I don't know where where Mike. We'd have to get Mike Schmitz on the on the call here to, to get an idea of where he's going to fall in the, uh, the NBA draft, but he, he's, he's a first round pick probably. And he's coming off the bench and um, they, the, the, the culture that they have of, and, and the identity that Alabama basketball, we, we've come to know under Nate Oates, all of it makes a ton of sense to me. But with this team, I mean, they, they miss Herb Jones immensely. Like, like they, they, yep. I, I think, I think in their mind, they're like, we, we play great defense. 
um, just because that's what Nate Oates has been. He's been like a defensive-minded coach in a lot of ways. But th- this team is terrible defensively right now. They're they're terrible, and I, I don't. You, you you have to like. It's not it's not a switch that's just going to get flipped, and you're going to fix that. Like you got to actually play defense. You can't just say like we're Alabama. This is what we do. They they don't. They don't play great defense at all. And nights like last night, and I know they won the game, so it seems weird that we're kind of eulogizing them right now because they did beat a top 15 team uh, mm-hmm. in Tennessee. But um, seven for 31 from the three-point line and and letting letting a Tennessee team without their two best players just run circles around them. I was like, my God, we got to figure this out, Alabama. Yeah, I thought Alabama was a tier one team in the SEC, and I think it's it's for sure they're tier two. And I think like the tier two is only two teams, and it's LSU and Alabama. And I think the three that you mentioned, uh, you know, I think Auburn and Kentucky and uh, Tennessee are kind of tier one SEC teams, and that's kind of your top five. But I thought Alabama would be, you know, definitively in that conversation. I don't think I didn't think they would drop off, especially when they beat Gonzaga. But I think you know they are literally the definitions of a make shots team, and uh, that is that. That's not like there's no there's no trust in that, right? I mean, because every night every night can be an off night. Any night can be an off night in college basketball, especially when you're dealing with college kids. So, you know, I say all that to say. I don't believe in Bama uh, at the same level that I would believe in Tennessee, which if you had told me that a month ago, I think I would be a little shocked by that, you know, that belief, you know, I would too. I would have, I would have definitely thought Bama was going to end up. And again, Bama beat Tennessee. So I I understand Bama fans are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Scratching their heads, but no, I mean, I, if, if you're an Alabama fan that came away from that game thinking like, oh, we're in a great spot, then, then we watch two completely different games. Yeah, you check the box score. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just saw just, that you yeah, won you the game. Saw the, you just saw that you won the game. That's all that. Which is cool. I That's all that. that. I feel that. Uh, I, uh, by the way, can should we have a discussion about Alabama's... Uh, uh, I, I, I can't believe how dead that gym was last night. I, I never really noticed it. But like Bama's, I, I think it was because I was watching Auburn, the Auburn-LSU game, and the Auburn crowd is electric and that 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 arena that they have and i know it's like newer isn't it didn't auburn like yeah. new arena um I and no students to- were there for both schools so i mean i think a lot yeah. of people were pointing that out they were like there were no students at bam and that's why it wasn't electric but auburn also did not have students and it was electric auburn didn't have- <laughs> and i'm not i'm not blaming the fans either i'm not saying it's because i you know this is a I, you're talking to a guy that uh went to ohio state and you want to talk about like bad gym environments like the Schottenstein centers up there it's one of the top 10 worst big arenas that exist in college basketball is absolutely dead the sound just goes mm. straight to the top and then like there's like a trap door that the sound like opens and then goes out the top <laughs> yeah, like it's horrible uh so I, I i don't know i've never been to a game in tuscaloosa i've never been to a game at auburn i don't i'm, I'm not like speaking from the place of authority on this i'm just saying like watching it on television is like damn auburn's yeah. auburn is electric bama's crowd was absolutely dead and uh i don't uh, that's going to be interesting they got to build a new arena is what i'm saying as a guy who mm. watched <laughs> After watching one game, uh, it just hit me. I was like, Bama's got to build a new arena. I know nothing yeah. about the situation. I know nothing about the uh, what that arena means to those people. Or like, you know, what, I, I know nothing, but uh, I'm an outsider and I watched one game and I was like, that's not good enough. We need to, if, we're, yeah. if I'm going to take Alabama seriously as a, uh, as a college basketball program here, you got to build a new arena and, and make that place electric like Auburn was. Yeah, right. and for whatever, yeah, exactly. And what, for whatever reason, I think when they do play, I, I, uh, I lean more into Nate Oates camp. Like I trust Nate Oates more than Bruce Pearl in that game. And I could see Alabama getting up for that Auburn game to kind of try to make a statement. And maybe, you know, we talked about this. I mean, there's going to be a lot of games in the sec where you're kind of like, 
oh, this team, it looks like they're back in form. Oh, they go on the road and, and lose to LSU. Oh, that's not great. You know, so it's going to be a lot of like uh, yeah. up and down, back and forth, who's who. And, and uh, but I don't know. I, I still you know, trust Nate Oates, but Alabama is not the same quality of talent as Auburn uh, this year. You know, one team that's not dead yet. And uh, I, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the SEC. I'm just saying they're going to be a team that like beats the teams that are going to be competing for the SEC is Florida. I think Florida yeah. lost to Texas Southern. It's the worst loss of college basketball this season. I, I won't hear otherwise. That that was mm-hmm. unbelievable. That they, Almost that as they, bad as Oral Roberts in the tournament. Yeah, when they lost to Oral Roberts, which is also... <laughs> almost. Almost also as bad as that. Also excusable. Um, they lose to Texas Southern by 15 on their home court. Uh, and in my mind, I've kind of like... I'm not completely done with them. They're probably going to make the NCAA tournament still, and they they have a they have a good team. But like, as far as like taking them seriously, I I kind of just like if we're doing tier talks, they fell like five tiers after that loss, and I was like, well, we'll check back in in February and see where they're at. Yeah, and uh, I they they had like the 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 games they played since losing to Texas Southern, North Florida they win. North Florida is terrible. Uh, they they lose to Maryland on a neutral court. Where was that played again? I forget. Um. The, oh, that was, was the Barkley was, Center game. Yeah, I was going to say Brooklyn. I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was that was the that was the close game. Yeah, they lose to Maryland. That was the Danny Manning. Uh, we love Danny Manning at Maryland right. game. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, because that Danny Manning got as many uh uh, uh ranked wins as Mark Turgeon did. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um. And then they've beaten South Florida and Stony Brook since then. Uh, Florida mm. is what I'm talking about here. So like, I they haven't shown anything since beating Tech since losing to Texas Southern that like they're back. But um, I don't know. Florida is a team that wouldn't surprise me if you if, if come January they've they've knocked off like a Tennessee and an LSU or something, and you're like, how did that happen? Florida, like, I thought that, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, and you think it's an embarrassing loss or something, but they're actually not that bad. So um, I was gonna, th- and that's the mark to me of like a super deep conference. It's like interesting is is when you have teams like that that maybe the outside world scratches their head and they're like, how the hell did how the hell did did Auburn lose to Florida and but those that are like plugged into the SEC, the, the Jimmy Dykes is like, now nah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this Florida team, Colin Castleton, when he gets going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're right. And I mean, and I do have to shout out Will Wade because when they were undefeated, someone asked Will Wade about, you know, how excited he was about his team and everything. And he was like, I'm not excited at all because I live in reality, you know, and reality says I'm going to have to go play on the road at Auburn. I'm going to go have to play on the road at Florida and those are not going to be easy games. And yeah. and I think, you know, that was obviously obvious, but also a little prophetic in the sense that, yeah, there's going to be some tough games where you look back and you're like, okay, that, that was a, I guess a bad loss, but you know, in retrospect, not really because Florida does have some talented players and, you know, they were supposed to be better and in the conversation until that Texas Southern game. And if you watch some of that game, I mean, they just completely, I mean, it looked like college kids, you know, where they just were like, I don't want to be here right now um, in that game a little bit, which I mean, that happens in college basketball. That's the beauty of it. You know, you never know what you're going to get some days and um, Mike some White days are going to play their A game. Yeah. Mike White should start uh, floating the idea that uh, he should do what, what like Ohio State football did after they lost to Michigan, where um, you make the excuses without making the excuses for like. Yeah, like CJ Stroud was just like, yeah, I was sick during that Michigan game, but I, that's, that's an excuse. So I don't really think that was the reason we lost to Michigan. But but mm-hmm. for the record, I was. I was very sick. Weather, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike White should now that Omicron has sunk its teeth into us, um, he should retroactively just be like, listen, I don't want to make a big deal about it. Like we lost, we should have beat Texas Southern anyway. But 
just for the record, like, of course, we've been dealing with COVID longer than most teams because we, yeah, we shouldn't have played that game. We shouldn't have even played that Texas Southern game. Mm-hmm. In the lead up to that game, we weren't, we, we were having some, but, but we did, but, but credit to Texas Southern. Credit to the, yeah. <laughs> you know who did that yeah, wonderfully that. last night with the plausible deniability? Uh, Steve Forbes. Did you see the Louisville game? Uh, Wake Forest. Oh no! I, I I saw there's like a controversy with the uh, the some shot clock violation or whatever. I, yeah. I, I didn't watch it. Was, it was it was what we talking about with the statisticians at home? You know, it was a little bit of home cooking, but they basically reset the shot clock to 30 seconds so that Wake Forest had to foul. And then after the game, uh, you know, Steve Forbes was asked about it, and he was like, "Look, you know, the shot clock, yada yada yada. I'm not I'm not trying to say that was the reason we lost this game, but also the shot clock, you know." <laughs> but if someone else wants them, to say it, I'll I'll yeah, not along. Yeah. I'll like the tweet. If someone else tweets it, I'll like it, but uh, I'm not going to tweet that. No, I would never tweet that. No. Mike Rutherford was very happy, so shout out to Mike Rutherford. It was good to see Louisville get some good news. You know what I mean? Like, if there was any team that needed like a little clock snafu to to kind of get some good mojo back on their side, I think it was the Louisville Cardinals. So, I it was in a sense it was good, but I can understand Steve Forbes's frustration. I mean, the Wake Forest bench was yelling about the shot clock, like you know it should not have reset, but. It did. And, uh, you know, and, and that's the rest of history. But I, I thought that was a perfect example of like, I'm not blaming the shot clock situation, but it definitely, uh, you know, was the reason we lost. But also, I'm not yeah. blaming that. Don't worry about but that. But also, yeah, that's not the. Um, <laughs> what else is there? Providence beat Seton Hall. Providence has uh, Providence has burst open the seal on um, quad one talk. So congratulations yep. to Providence for that. We got our first instance after after Providence beat Seton Hall. Um, I, I just saw this stat just being shoved in my face from from everywhere that Providence now has five quad one wins. Um, so we've officially entered quad one win season, I think, Tate. And, and that is the most in the country, correct? That, yes. That's, yes. And then mm-hmm. you look at their list of quad one wins and, and it includes Northwestern and you're like, no, hang on a second. No, no, Northwestern. In the interest of fairness, Northwestern is better. Northwestern's like Vanderbilt, where they're like, like it, I've just gotten so used to throwing out that they're horrible. They're 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 better than than what I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but but I haven't checked still- in on Northwestern. I apologize to the Northwestern basketball fans. I, I don't, but I'll give them the credit. I think you know you you're Big Ten guys, so you know where they're at. Yeah, they're. I mean, like I don't know how to. They're they're certainly not a a, a great basketball team, but um, I think they can compete. More, they're competitive. Yeah. They're going to yeah. beat some teams in the Big Ten. They're going to do exactly what I was saying with Florida, where like they're going to beat teams in the Big Ten this year, and the outside world's going to be like, "Holy shit, Illinois sucks." They lost to Northwestern, and mm. but if you actually paid attention, you'd be like, "Yeah, it's not the worst <laughs> loss." We'll um, anyway, Providence now is five. Uh, uh, five. They're five and zero oh in, in against quad one teams, I guess, which uh, is is a subtle dig at at Virginia because uh, Virginia beat the hell out of Providence when they played. Mm-hmm earlier this year and um, that's their one loss providence is 13 and one their one loss is to virginia which again makes no sense but i think that was a game where providence went into it expecting to play the real virginia at that point and they almost like fell into the trap of like man we're we're playing virginia this is gonna be a tough game yada 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 but if they played now they would probably blow out virginia they would blow them out yeah 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 uh Providence also, we shouldn't forget, beat Purdue in the secret scrimmage date. So they're actually yes. kind of six and zero in these quad mm. one quad one games. Um, but at the same time, Seton Hall was shorthanded. So again, we we have we have entered the part of the of the code. This this is why beyond the obvious of COVID pissing me off because games are getting canceled and like the real world implications of uh, what the disease is doing. Um, it's frustrating because of uh, trying to make sense of who's shorthanded and who's not and all that kind of stuff. But Seton Hall. 
was without guys that would have made a huge difference. And uh, anyway, Providence won the game, so that's all that matters. Provi- I didn't I didn't really watch much of it if I'm being completely honest because I was yeah uh, traveling for the holidays and I would I would I had to stop in a bar to watch the SEC games as it was. Um, but yeah, they won, so I just wanted to give them a shout out. So yeah, and shout out to Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley is like uh, you know one of our favorite characters in college basketball. He he's a very um, you know electric coach to say the least. And you know they have some feel good stories on this team. AJ Reeves, I, I saw a lot of people were very excited about him kind of turning the corner for this team. Um, so Providence, it's going to be a fun story. I still really like Seton Hall. I think when Seton Hall is, is full, you know, one hundred percent, I think they're um, probably my second favorite. You know, we joked about who's the first team is i don't even know if villanova is a shoe in there anymore but i really like the seton hall team and uh i'm not i'm not pressing the panic button i'm not even close when you know you look at this game it was more of a you know it was good for providence i think it helped their confidence i think it helped the national um you know whatever you want to call it the national viewpoint on providence and their team this year but i still really like seton hall and um I think they're going to be fine too, but yeah, I just watched, I was flicking back and forth between that game and the LSU Auburn game. And, uh, every single time Walker Kessler would get a block, I would just die a little bit on side. And then, and yeah, then we, I would, you know, go back, uh, to the big East game. I let you off the hook. Talk about Walker Kessler. We, let's not talk let's, about let's, it. Let's put a bow on that. And, uh, <laughs> let, let's, let's use that as the way we, we put a bow on the, the discussion from all the games last night. Walker Kessler, mm. a, a triple double with blocks is is poof I, I i feel for you buddy because this this is the man who uh in conjunction with brad davison ended roy williams career and um <laughs> it, i i think uh, I, I remember talking to you about him even off air that like you're like walker kessler's really good i don't know if we're gonna miss him that much but he's yeah I, I, you, you were trying to figure out like how much of a of a loss it actually was because Carolina, i was doing the calculus yeah for 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 what it's worth i, I i'll back you up on this that like armando baycott is is a, a, a great basketball player so it's not like it's you know it's it's not like carolina's like stuck like the like carolina's problems aren't their big guys are they I haven't i haven't been watching as closely as you have they caught Baycott's not the liability, right? Baycott's not the problem, no. I mean, yeah, the, the so, problem is that you have two finesse bigs and Baycott is not as like dominant. I mean, Baycott's like six nine, six ten, you know what I mean? He's not a seven footer like Walker Kessler or a six eleven, you know, two hundred and fifty pound guy like Dayron Sharp, right? I mean, it, of all the like Carolina had four legit bigs last year, Garrison Brooks, Armando Baycott, Walker Kessler, and Dayron Sharp, right? I mean, that was a ridiculous front court to have. And they played the first two I named over the last two. And the last two are by far, and as I said last year multiple times, they are by far the most talented players. I and mean, Walker Kessler and Dayron, if Dayron Sharp was on this North Carolina team, He'd be in the conversation for national player of the year. I mean, he would be absolutely dominating. Baycott's not that guy. Baycott is a good college basketball player. Everyone keeps telling me he's going to go to the NBA. I, I I don't see that for him. I mean, he may come back to Carolina next year, but Walker Kessler's going to the NBA. I mean, yes. and, and the worst part about it is that Walker Kessler left Carolina because he wanted to shoot threes. And, and turn into like, you know, Ryan Anderson Kevin Durant or of college basketball. The, he wanted to be the Kevin Durant of college basketball. And I think he's taken five threes this year. Hasn't made one yet. And has turned into like a rim protector. No, he made one. He did. No, make, he made he one last night. I remember. Yeah, he made one last night. Well, he made I mean, one last night that, so. that adds insult to injury because it's not like Bruce Pearl got him there. And it's like, you're going to be the stretch five. You know what I mean? He's like, you're going to be a rim protector. You're going to do what a big does. And, and Walker Kessler has bought into that. And uh, I think that makes it hurt even more, you know, because you see it and you're like, man, this guy would have been, I mean, he, and he was great in some games last year where he played, but 
Um, obviously, uh, Bruce Pearl got to him. We, we talked about that. I mean, that that's the transfer portal that we live in, the world that we live in. If you don't play at a school like North Carolina or Duke, other coaches are going to recruit you during the season. And, and Walker Kessler is now an Auburn Tiger. And watching him play, I mean, it's everything I expected him to be and more. I mean, 11 blocks is ridiculous. And he could have had more. <laughs> I mean, that really could have. <laughs> that's, that's the crazy thing about it. Um, and, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, how, how, how do you... Um reconcile this there is no yeah, way how to do you reconcile how this. do because <laughs> there is no I, way i i thought that like like i i was you, you were complaining all last year that like kessler and and, and dayron sharp should be playing more over garrison like, brooks yeah, yes garrison, yeah you hated garrison brooks i'll give you that even going into last season like garrison brooks is the preseason acc player of the year and you're like this is insane and and it was you hated garrison brooks in a in a surprising way in the same way that like i hated Reggie miller where like people were probably like Oh, I'm sure Tate loves Garrison Brooks because he's a Carolina guy. And all that. You're like, no, that's where you're wrong. In fact, I'm his biggest hater. <laughs> no, because well, um, I actually am a Carolina guy. That guy did yeah. not represent Carolina basketball, but it's okay. Um, so you you were on that train all last year, but at the same time, like Roy was was adamant about it. like and, and and for what it's worth, like like when I would watch Walker Kessler last year, I, I I never it never jumped out to me that he should obviously be playing a lot more minutes over uh brooks and baycott and 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 even daron short like they they just kind of had like a way too many big guys they had the log jam and i guess if i'm mutate maybe i just say this is just (laughs) one of those you you process this in the same way that i process like joe burrow going to lsu yeah from ohio state where it's like dwayne haskett you're you're, you're jim calhoun you're like he's not bad he's not Mm -hmm. like armando Mm -hmm. baycott is not bad what do do you want from me he's not bad yeah but uh it's tough. It's got to be tough, dude, to, to to watch Walker Kessler be this good, this fast, as soon as he gets out of Chapel Hill. I mean, it, it is exactly what my nightmare was. You know what I mean? My my nightmare scenario during the season was that basically Garrison Brooks would would torpedo North Carolina basketball into mediocrity, and you know he did that for three years. I mean, he is the face of why we are irrelevant to the conversation, and. You know, it's not his fault, but when you say, hey, we're putting all of our eggs in a a mediocre basket and the media hypes him up as the ACC preseason player of the year, what can Roy do? It's not like Roy can bench the ACC preseason player of the year. You know what I mean? And he's also a senior leader on the team. You can't do that. So it was just kind of like the worst case scenario all around. And then to have at the end of the year, Hubert Davis takes over the job. The first thing he said at the press conference, I don't even know if you remember this, Titus. He said at the press conference, I'm going to get Walker Kessler. He was like, I'm going to go and get Walker Kessler to come back to North Carolina. He like made this like, you know, made like basically a promise that this was like his plan. And Walker Kessler considered it. I'm, I'm not going to say that he didn't. Huber went down there. I think it was a, a, a real conversation that was had about it. Should he come back to North Carolina? And we lost him. You know and I mean? His brother lived in Auburn. Uh, you know, was a lawyer in Auburn. And there was like all this conversation about that. I mean, guys from Georgia, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, it's like. It, it doesn't look good. You know, when you when you have like a, a talent like that and you let him walk away and you also let him, you know, kind of sully Roy Williams a little bit on the way. I mean, it was it just literally was it could not have gone any worse. And it's a lot of its PR, a lot of its, you know, internal communication. And unfortunately, it's just not a good look for North Carolina basketball. And I think and I hope that, you know, it's not something that lingers where we're like looking back on Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith lead Auburn to a final four. And you're like, dude, we had a guy of this caliber sitting on our bench for Garrison Brooks. Are you Mm -hmm. kidding me? Like Mm -hmm. that is insane. 
And that's how I felt all last year. I mean, I was pulling my hair out because I'm like, well, I, who, who, I, who, who did yeah. he actually play behind? Like, I, I, he played behind Garrison. Would that, yeah, that Garrison was the five. Baycott's a four. I mean, that, that was kind of like how they did it. Yeah. And then, and then Kessler, I mean, Kessler wasn't even playing behind. I mean, Dayron was ahead of Kessler. So it basically was like Kessler was the fourth man in the rotation. That's and Baycott I, and Brooks had to play. And then Dayron's the first one off the bench. And then Kessler. And Kessler didn't even play in a lot of games. I mean, he had some DMPs. So it's like, I mean, tough. <laughs> it's really tough. It's That's really tough. tough. And <clears throat> there's no world in which Coach K <clears throat> would ever have let someone with that kind of talent sit over there in today's time. And, you know, we are who we are. We are Dean Smith. You know, the, the, that is Carolina basketball. We give, you know, <clears throat> the senior laden players, you know, the longest leash and the longest leeway. But at some level, you saw the writing on the wall that, that this was going to end badly. Dayron was definitely going to the draft. I thought Kessler was going to go to the draft. I would have much rather it be like Walker Kessler is on the Atlanta Hawks right now and he's getting 11 blocks in an NBA game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that would have been my choice. Like I would have loved for him to be in the NBA and be like Carolina didn't know how to use me. Like I, I'd rather that be the conversation. Kinda yeah. Like Tony Bradley. He'd be like the Tony Bradley type, yeah. Where Tony Bradley was one and done, and no one even, no one outside of Chapel Hill or the ACC country even remembers his time at Carolina. Really, national really. champion Tony Bradley. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, and he cool. and, and I lost my mind after that game because Tony Bradley told me he was going to the NBA, and I was like, "What? <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Why <laughs> Tony, why? Why? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not good for. I mean, it's good for Auburn fans, but as North Carolina fans, I, I think. Look, I I'm pulling for Walker Kessler, and I know a lot of Carolina fans aren't. They're like, screw this kid forever. I don't operate that way. I I think that he kind of got a little bit of a raw deal. I don't like how he had to exit Chapel Hill. I don't think that was the best. But he's also a young kid, and I'm impressed with the way he plays the game, and I like the way he plays the game. So I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. You're not mad. And I think that's the most important thing we focus on is how you're not mad at <laughs> all. Mad. I, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to like positively spin it for you in a way. Like, I, I don't know what else like Hubert could have done, I guess. Cause it's not, yeah, Hubert's, it's not it's, Hubert's fault. It's not you. It's not Hubert's problem either. You know, it's kind of, but, but then if it's not Hubert's fault, it's definitely Roy's fault. And now, so you're like, as you're looking to the future, you're like, we'll be fine because like, this isn't Hubert's, this wasn't Hubert's mess. Of of what happened with Walker Kessler and why he transferred and all that. So like moving forward, we can just put it behind us and like focus on what the program is. But then you have to reconcile that like if it wasn't Hubert's fault, it was probably Roy's fault. And the idea that Walker Kessler ended Roy Williams becomes more credible as you start thinking about it more. That like Walker Kessler yeah. not playing and his father complaining about not playing, and then them being proven right, and then Roy looking around and saying like I did this with Marvin Williams where I took a guy that was going to be a top five pick. And I brought him off the bench and he was happy with it. Why can't Walker yeah. Kessler be happy with it? And and then every, all the Carolina fans are like, it, that happened one time, Roy. Just because it worked with Marvin doesn't mean it's going to work yeah. with everyone. We have to play these kids. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel it, it, about it. it sucks. You can't it, win. That, it, but that's <laughs> that's college basketball, though. That's like what, yeah. that's, what, that's where we're at. It, it's going to happen again. It, it happens with every team. You lose a, you lose a guy that, that it's going to happen to everybody. You lose a guy you wish you didn't lose, and you have to look up and see him be happy somewhere else. Well, I will say this. Garrison Brooks plays on Mississippi State. I do not miss him. I have not missed him one second. And, and I know a lot of people, people keep tweeting at me, like, Garrison had 18 and 10 tonight. I'm like, great. Congratulations. You know what I mean? Like he's from Mississippi. Dude. I I think he should have gone to Mississippi State from the, from the jump. I think if Garrison Brooks went to Mississippi State, he'd be one of the best bigs in the country and had a great four-year career and you know, I would have been happy for him. 
but he for didn't. The re- for the record, you like Baycott, right? Like Baycott, yeah, Baycott's good. Yeah, I like Baycott. Okay, but he's not. He's not. He's not Walker Kessler. He's not Dayron Sharp. He's not Walker Kessler. I mean, he's not a five star. I think he's a four star. Like if we're gonna do it like that, I mean, he's a four star, and these kids are five stars. You know, and I know he probably was a five star McDonald's All American too, but it's just a different caliber of player and. Carolina, my biggest fear is that we're going to start playing the uh, three-year, four-year, you know, we we don't have NBA prospects anymore. Um, because Hubert Davis has basically said to these recruits, like, Carolina is not a stopgap situation. Like, you don't come to Carolina for six months, um, you know, and and I think... <laughs> I think the, you don't the, like that. <laughs> that scares you. No, I mean, I look, it, it's the right answer. I think he's 100% right. Carolina is not a stopgap. But in today's time, these kids are coming here for one reason. I mean, they're coming here to get their shots. They're like, I need 15 to 20 shots. I need to get my stock up into a lottery pick. And, you know, I mean, there, there is just different as ulterior motives to the conversation. Like Caleb Love is at North Carolina this year to get drafted, you know. He's, he's not there to win a championship. And I think you're going to have to make a choice of like, do we want to bring in the Joel Berries of the world and the Theo Pinsons of the world, which I I'm fine with. Let's do that again. Let's run it back. But that was very fortunate that Joel Berry and Theo Pinson and Justin Jackson, Justin Jackson was a five-star and Theo, I think was a five-star, but they also have like that deep rooted love for Carolina basketball. And I, I fear Titus that we don't, that doesn't necessarily exist in in this generation so to speak anymore and 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 it's okay i get it it's a bigger conversation but everyone's trying to get theirs and uh and and that doesn't welcome to yeah (laughs) welcome to big time college basketball no no no, i was gonna say welcome to adulthood or welcome to being a boomer you know like i am now like welcome to the the other side buddy i think i think you've officially grown up now because you're complaining about these where's the love for the game where's the love look i I mean i get it but it's like we're just days I don't Ugh. think there's another Michael Jordan coming to North Carolina, right? Because if there is a kid of that talent, yeah. he's going to go to a place that's going to put him in a position to be a lottery pick. And I'm not sure that that's what we're selling anymore, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the worst thing that the worst thing that happened to me was uh, BJ Armstrong called me and, and this is like two weeks ago. And he was like, man, North Carolina is going to be like Iowa pretty soon. <laughs> Oh, oh no! I was like, don't say that. Oh no! I was like, please! <laughs> I was like screaming to the skies. It's raining on me, Walker. I would, I would have just, I would just would have been like, what do you mean, like pumping out national player of the year, Luca Garza types? Yes, I agree, BJ. We're going to continue to have the. Well, no, that's, that's what he was saying. He was like, the best you can hope for is that you get a Luca Garza, and I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? That's that's like, like it'll be yeah. fine. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't mean for it to be a. Uh, I didn't mean for you to have an existential crisis just because. No, I mean, look, having eleven blocks. I had. Not that I had a great run. I was born in nineteen ninety three. National champions, two thousand five, two thousand nine, twenty seventeen. I got four national championships in my life. I'm okay. Most final fours in history, but I'm just saying. I think I, I am concerned that you know. It, it might just we might we might have a, a little bit of a wait before we're back in that conversation again. It's okay, buddy. Come come join the the tier two. Tier two is nice. <laughs> tier two is a great spot to be in. I don't want to join. I just I want to pack my ball two. up and go home. I want to go home. <laughs> 
Oh man! All right, let's do shout out to closeouts. Let's go home then. Uh, yeah, let's what, do what, it. What, what do you got? What, what What do you want to wrap this thing up with? Well, we got some good news uh, for the friends of the program. Kyle Guy, a former part of our show, um, a friend of the program, he just got signed by the Miami Heat on a hardship deal. So shout out to him. And then Ty what Jerome. What does that mean? What does a hardship deal mean? The, Basically, the if you have enough COVID? COVID guys, yeah, exactly. If you have enough guys in protocol, you can get like these, you know, hardship roster spots um, to basically be Who able comes to. Up with the terminology for this stuff, like, why do we call it a heart? Why, why not just call it like COVID? Why not just call it the COVID? <laughs> like, he's got he signed a COVID contract. I mean, a hardship makes it sound like 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 he know. like 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 yeah, Miami's flipping over couch cushions because they can't pay some of their players and they've fallen on hard times and so they have to bring in Kyle Guy to as a replacement player because like the, the real stars are sitting out because they're not getting paid right now or something. I don't know. <laughs> it feels very much like the replacements, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like all these guys are coming in and the main guys are mad at them that they're coming in. But on the flip anyway. side of that, Ty Jerome, also a friend of the program, a Virginia guy. I feel like we should give Virginia some love because we, we've been hard on this year. Obviously we mentioned they beat Providence. So that was nice of us, but Ty Jerome career high, 24 points, career high, uh, eight rebounds to go along with five assists and three steals last night for the thunder. So shout out to those two guys. They, they were great uh, representatives of college basketball. We enjoyed watching that Virginia team. We love that Virginia team. And uh, it's cool to see, I don't know. I mean, if you're watching the NBA right now, you can catch a game where like, oh my God, Brandon Knight's playing, you know, or Theo Pinson's playing for the Mavericks on Christmas day. And mm. uh, it, it's, it's fascinating in one sense, but it's really cool because uh, some of college basketball stars are getting a, you know, a second life in the NBA. So shout out to those two guys. Uh, DeAndre Hunter is, is, is still good, right? He's hurt all the time. Really good. He's hurt. Yeah. But yeah. he's really good. When DeAndre Hunter plays, the Hawks are a top five seat. When he does not play, they are, yeah. Yeah, I think they're like an 11th right now in the Eastern Conference. So it's very similar to when he was at Virginia. <laughs> if he plays, yeah, right, right. they're a really good team. If he does not play, then they have some trouble. People so. forget he didn't play against UMBC. And he did I, not I say, forget. I say that seriously. <laughs> he did, like people literally do forget that like Virginia, that that's not, they still, they still should have beat UMBC, obviously. But yeah, know. your superstar, like your, your superstar your wasn't playing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like your, your Jabari Smith did not play in that game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little bit different. The, the, that that context never seems to come up when uh, <laughs> we talk about UMBC. But. Except for this show. So, yeah, we're the, we'll bring we're it only, up on this show. We're the only people that know the truth. So shout out, <laughs> shout out Tony Bennett for producing NBA talent. I guess and <laughs> should Tony go to the NBA? Is that the move? Is that the pivot yeah. for for this Virginia season? Like it's it's going poorly for him, and he just looks around. and He's like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do what's inevitable, and I gotta go coach NBA players because I think my style of basketball would work well at the next level. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, but but can you even really coach? I mean, I think that's like the biggest thing that I learned from Brad Stevens. Like Brad Stevens let America know, and and I know this is like a, a, a elongated way to say it, but I think he let America know that like there is no way to actually like coach like you want. You know what I mean? Brad Stevens got offered $70 million to go to Indiana, and he's like, Yeah, that's not worth it to go there and not be able to actually coach these kids. And and I can't. I can't say that I can win. You know what I mean? Like, I can't confirm I can win because I can't coach. The same would happen with the Celtics, right? I mean, he's like, I can't talk to Jason Tatum. I can't talk to this team. I can't get them to buy into what I'm selling. So I'm done. Like, I'm going to go to the front office. Like, I, I cannot coach these kids. Like, you know, Cartman, when he's like, how do I reach these kids? Yes. Like, that is that is the current, you know, that is where we're set up. And the the person I look at that's so good at talking to this generation of player and managing them is Steve Kerr. I think he does the best job at it. And I don't know how he figured it, figured it out, but every coach is, like, trying to find – 
you know, that, that lane to be able to like actually coach these kids because being a hard ass and being a tough ass, all these things that we've seen in the past, like that doesn't work anymore. So you have to like, you, you have to just, yeah, well, you, I mean, it's a different it's, language, it's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Tony's fine. I don't think that's the problem. I think his problem is his roster suck, but um, yeah, well, next year, <laughs> next year they talented. got a top 10 class, right? That's what everyone's saying. So that's good. But uh, yeah, it is fascinating because it's happened even uh, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm that old dude, but man, like when I was in high school, your, your prototype, what, what made a good college basketball coach when I was in high school was someone who knew the game and could like draw up plays that could get, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like you get guys open and take advantage of matchups, and and they're, obviously they're still that's still very very important. But now, the most important thing you can be at any level of basketball is is someone who knows how to speak to your players and someone yeah. who can like get the respect of your players. And I and I it, it's so crazy how fast that happened. How like there, there there's no there aren't assholes don't succeed anymore in basketball. No, and assholes used to be the norm. That used to be the thing. <laughs> that was, Especially that was the way. <laughs> that was the way. That was how you did it. You were an asshole. You you were, you were dick yeah. to your players and and you butted heads and you said I'm the coach and do it my way and then if you knew the game on top of that, they would your players eventually would, it would come it would come that way where like they yes. they're like okay, coaches, I I get what he's putting down. I'm going to buy in. Yeah. And then they would respect you because your your mind would went out and whatever I don't know but like now it's just like 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 I I, I I'm not as well sourced in the NBA as you are but like people I've talked to have said like Steve Kerr doesn't know in terms of like basketball IQ Steve Kerr is not like otherworldly it's not like he's solving things that people don't know it's just that like he's he he played in the league forever and he knows how to talk to the guys which is why I think like yep. uh, which is why guys like Chauncey Billups and Jason Kidd will continue to get chances as as coaches because they're just and Steve Nash. The, yeah. the Nets hire Steve Nash, which seems insane. Hiring Steve Nash would have been absolutely insane, like twenty years ago. That you've been like, this guy's never coached. What? Where, where, where are we hiring? We have we have a franchise <laughs> that's good enough to win a title, or we're, we're bringing in a first time coach. This makes zero sense. But now it makes sense because it's just like, dude, coaching. All you have to do is just like make sure they don't all kill each other. And I don't know how. Yeah, manage manage egos, manage personalities, and get guys to like on Christmas Day. A perfect example of Steve Kerr. It's like he tells Draymond before that game against the Suns, he's like, "You're going to guard CP3." Like you talk about getting a guy invested in a game. Now yeah. Draymond is like, you know what I mean? It's like little things like that, where it's like, it's the people side of the equation that I think Steve Kerr and like, you know, really good. He's really good. I think in college basketball, this is Matt Painter. I think Matt Painter does a good job with the people yeah. side of the equation. This you is, know what I mean? This is what we were talking about uh, with, with uh, when Andy was last on our show, we were talking about like, what do you do with Trayvon Williams and Zach Eady and, and all that sort of stuff. It's like, man, I, I wish I could say, I know what to do about it, about having, two guys that can't play together but are both among the top yeah. five to ten big guys in college basketball like how do you handle that situation um I, I wish i could offer up my thoughts but like honestly it's probably something that you have to be in the locker room and understand the makeup of those two guys and 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 i i trust that matt painter knows what he's doing with those two but um yeah it, it is head scratchy because because that's not how it would work that those aren't the decisions you would have made 20 years ago or 30 years yeah ago, or maybe absolutely 15 years ago um, this would have been like, like who's like better? <laughs> yeah, like you, you would just say who's better. This guy's better. He's playing. This guy sucks. Yeah. You sit your ass on the bench, and I'll give you a few minutes. And if you play well in those few minutes, we'll give you more. That's how it's going to work. And that's well, just how and, they, and that and that goes back to what Roy Williams was doing last year in North Carolina. You know what I mean? But the, but that wasn't yeah, what yes. you know the expectation was from the dad side or from you know the play. You know, and it's like. You have to be able to to be able to manage all that. And it's a lot. I mean, it, it is a lot to be able to deal with that. And not only that, Titus, then if you're not playing these kids, you got another coach recruiting you right? <laughs> who says he will play you and that, that your coach is screwing you over. So, 
it's by the crazy. way last night um oh, Trayvon, oh my god purdue played nickel state or nickels they just go by nickels now? <laughs> Noodle state. is it nickels or nickel state it's nickels now yeah. um Travion williams is starting now for purdue zach Eady is coming off the bench uh but zach Eady had 21 points but Trayvon, Trayvon Williams almost had a triple double. He had nine points, eight assists, and eleven boards. So he was good. But yeah, I mean, like it's it, that, that, that's a tough. It, it, it seems like Trayvon Williams can start moving forward for Purdue. But um, you know, if if you look up and Zach Eady's starting again, I I think a lot of people might scratch their head and be like, "What the hell is Matt Painter doing?" And it might be like, "Well, we realize that Zach Eady isn't engaged coming off the bench." And I don't mm. know. There's, there's just a lot mm. more that goes into it. But uh, anyway, we'll shut up now. Uh, what other shout outs? No, you're right. Um. I'm going to shout out quickly Big Cat right now. He is texting. Uh, Carolina is playing in the Duke's Mayo Bowl as we're recording. I am not watching this game, so therefore it does not count. But Big Cat, who never reaches out unless he has something negative to say, uh, said, do you think UNC football would win a single game in the Big Ten? So soft. So I'm going to assume that South Carolina is beating the brakes off of North Carolina Hold right on, now. I, I, I don't know what here. the score is either. Let's guess what the score is. What time did the game start? It started 1130. So we're started 50 like minutes in. 50, we're 50 minutes in. I'm going to say South Carolina, just based on that text alone, it's South Carolina 21, North Carolina 3. That's that's, that, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. And I will say, I haven't watched a second of this game, obviously, recording, but I will say that South Carolina is probably using a Wildcat quarterback because North Carolina, as soon as, you know, in every football game, when you see a team going to Wildcat, you like kind of like say, thank God they're going to do that. When a team goes into the Wildcat against North Carolina and they have a running quarterback, our entire defense, like their brain breaks. They're like, wait a second. You're telling me this guy can run with the ball. Like, right. What? What? <laughs> so Dude, I, I think that's what's happening. I just looked it up. It's, it's 18, seven. 18. Yeah. I don't know wow. how South Carolina scored 18, but, uh, <laughs> it's six field goals. <laughs> they went for two. They, okay. They, 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 they scored extra point. Good scored two point. Good. And then kicked the field goal. But uh, North Carolina just scored a touchdown. It's 18-7. You're fine. You'll be fine. All right. All right. There's a lot of football left to be played. Uh, I want to <laughs> shout out the uh, the Colorado Buffaloes and 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 Tad Boyle. Uh, this was this was a story that was um, put into my purview that they, they they apparently got like a team dog and they named it Betty after um, one of the the, the the University of Colorado used to have these. Uh, you know, you, you remember the old women we met at the San Diego State game, like the super fans. Colorado had their version of that where there were these twin, these old women that were like just diehard Colorado Buffalo fans, apparently. And uh, one of them was named Betty, and she recently passed away, and she was beloved by the community and all this sort of stuff. I and, remember this, uh, yeah. So I guess the story goes that Colorado just recently, the, the, the basketball team just recently got like a team dog, and they named it Betty after that, that woman who just passed, who was their super fan. And it's so the, the idea of having a team dog is just amazing. So I, I love that story. And I love that. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. Shout out to Tad Boyle. Shout out to any program that has respect for their fans like that. So uh, I love to hear that story. That's a good story. Um, What else is there? I mean, honestly, I'm so shook right now thinking about uh, Duke's Mayo bowl. I, I, I don't know if I want to go watch it, but I guess I have to go watch it. Um, I, I am. Titus, it's not good right now to be in North Carolina. North Carolina, they're taking, they're, we're taking punches right now. All right, Jim, uh, do you have any shout outs before we go? Do you have anything you want to say? Any New Year's resolutions, whatever else? I do have a shout out to our production team, like Chris, Aaron, Lewis, Luis, sorry, Will, Tyler, everybody, John, um, for helping us this year, and Kristen Scott, 
Harlehy, rest in peace, dead to us. And also <laughs> um, to you guys for bringing me over from Cousin Sal. Aww. But uh, which reminds me, you asked about John Rothstein before with the uh, trophy. And I didn't look into that, but do you know that John Rothstein is on Cameo? And if you know how much he is, don't guess. But would you like to guess how much he is? How much to book John Rothstein on Cameo costs? Yeah. He's got two prices, one for personal, one for business. You can guess personal first. Personal's got to, it better be less than $20. Titus? I'm going to say, the, the fact that you're bringing it up tells me it's like astronomically high. And I'm going to say like 50. Yeah, I, I know. That's why. I'm going to guess 50. Lock me at 50. For personal use, John Rothstein cameo is $100. <laughs> Now, would you like to guess what it is for business? Which I guess he just vouches for your company or something. Well, I've uh, never so, even seen a business one. So he does like a commercial? He does like, like it's, so. a, it's a name image likeness deal for him? <laughs> I, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even have a guess. What What could it possibly be? Tate, you want to take a guess? I'm going to go 250 For John Rothstein to do a cameo for your business... It is seven hundred dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> Worth every penny. That is that that is. I love you, John. Yeah, that that's awesome. You know, <laughs> like that. I I can't even hate on that. Like that's respect. That's being a businessman. You know, John Rothstein's like, I am a business. <laughs> you will pay me for my yeah, services. I'm not a businessman. I'm a anyone- businessman. <laughs> Yeah. Has he ever had any business ever pay that He's fee? That, no we should have him on and ask business. That. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my and god. And that's it. Have a happy and safe New Year. Well, I guess that's it. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, do you guys do resolutions? Do you want to? Do you want to do an accountability thing where you say your resolutions publicly, or you guys don't? You guys don't mess with that. I don't know. I give up. Yeah, I, 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 I used to have like uh, this like very optimistic uh, outlook on a new year. I'm like, this is going to be the year. But uh, I've done that since 2020, you know. So I, I at this point, I'm like, I just hope everyone stays healthy. I hope everyone can be as happy as you can be in these times. And I hope people stay safe. And uh, that's all I got. And shout out to Jim naming all the people that I've worked on our show. And obviously, Jim being here. It's great to get the yeah, band the back hell, together. Jim, you, um, you got a performance review coming up? What the hell was that? Like, just <laughs> that up to everybody. That... I like that. That was a company man move. Yeah, yeah I like that. I figured. Did I say Tyler? <laughs> Tyler, too. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a safe new year. Um, we will see you on the other side. Yeah.